Welcome to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast, hosted by Creelan Peters, the fear whisperer of Creelan.com. Listen in as Creelan interviews powerful people who have tamed their fears, embraced their greatness, and gotten out of their own damn way. And now, Creelan Peters. Welcome to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast. I'm your host, Creelan Peters, the fear whisperer. Today, I welcome all the way from London, England, Georgia Roland Osborne. And before I bring her on the line, I just want to tell you a little bit more about her. Georgette helps businessmen and women create financial breathing space to concentrate on business building and actually having a life. What a concept. <laughs> she creates <laughs> products, services, and recommends resources to help entrepreneurs hang on to cash and avoid debt. Georgette had a successful corporate career. Her clients included Bank of England, Merrill Lynch, and The Revenue. She started and lost her first company, but made it all back again while juggling life with a depressed, unemployed partner and two small children. She now runs two businesses, is an author, podcast host, and writes for well-known publications. So welcome from across the pond, Georgette. Hi, Carolyn. Lovely, lovely to be here. Yes, thank you so much. And and we were talking pre-show. My listeners know I always talk pre-show just to kind of find out where people are from. And and I found out that I pronounced your name differently um, over here. <laughs> so could you? <laughs> yes. Yeah, you said it's a little it. Cockney accent. So tell me yeah. how you say your name. George. Oh, nice. Okay. It's where I come from. But <laughs> and I told him, like, I'm not even going to try that. But, yeah. it's, it's but fun. if you want to be it's pretentious, fun. but because you want to be pretentious like me, then it's George. Georgette. George. It becomes Georgette, okay. you see. But when people say it normally, it's George. But then you said it, and it's like, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's a different. I love the different accents. So mm. it's, it's great to have you. And um, I would just love to know more about you. I loved your, your bio. I love. Um, so, you know, actually having a life, I mean, come on, that's, you know, isn't that the dream? <laughs> Do what we love and have a life. And have a life. Well, yes. I'm, a bit of a, I'm a bit of a hypocrite on that one, so but I'll go into that later. <laughs> oh, okay. well, you know, I think we all can be, right? Mm-hmm. I, you know, but, but yes, we will get into that. So before we get there, how about you just share a little bit more about who you are and how you have learned to get out of your own damn way? Well, I'll try and keep this less than a week long. Um, (laughs) Brought up, my father died um, when I was about six. So by the time I was um, still in primary school, I'd lost two dads, one to death, one to break up. And unbeknown to me, I had already decided that men leave. Mm. So I had a very strong mother, but, but she was a contradiction so there was this woman who went through all of this. My father had left us in debt. We lost, we lost, he had businesses. We lost those. Cut a long story short, we ended up living in my uncle's house, lived somewhere else with something. You know, we were like taking him here, taking him there until I remember going to school one day and I lived in one place when I went to school in the morning. And when I came home, we lived somewhere else. That was how uncertain my childhood was. Now I'm painting quite a bleak picture I had a big family and we weren't homeless or hungry or anything like that there were always a wealth of cousins and aunties and uncles I could have stayed with the the problem was that it wasn't our home our place 
my mother had always seen men as rescuers and they rescue her and then they didn't they weren't they were gone in whatever way so i vowed that would never be me fast forward as an adult that is exactly who i became mm-hmm. and i truly understood then how your legacy the ch- your childhood legacy follows you around and you don't see it coming and the more mm-hmm. you fight it it's like that's why it's like alcoholism you get up every day and you say today i won't drink and by midday something happens you need a drink just vowing it isn't enough because i didn't understand the dynamics of how i was affected because actually i went into the world of work i was good at school did very well got a job did very well i was in a management program at 19 i was looking after staff and pretty much had a quite a plain sailing actually in, in in the world of work went into corporate i kept going into places where i would say i didn't belong at the time when you had yuppies and the city was the place to be and it was all white male men in suits who were on the life floor saying bye bye sell sell that's when i joined i was the wrong sex the wrong age and the wrong color but i i loved it i pushed my way in because that's what i wanted to do and I ended up in IT, and a great career. There wasn't a job I didn't do. There wasn't a role I didn't fulfill. Every time there was a promotion, I didn't even go for an interview. I'd get an email saying, do you want the role? Okay. Uh-huh. And then I met a couple of men who became important to me, and I changed. Or I think I changed. Side, a side of me that I didn't know existed the people pleaser, uh-huh. the insecure person emerged. And so by day, it's like Clark Kent and Superman, by day, <laughs> I was this superwoman and in my personal life, a complete and utter, not a complete and utter fool, I wasn't a real pushover, but I didn't really stick up for myself in the way I know I would have done in a, in a work environment. And the crux came when a very good friend of mine was driving along with me. And she said, you know what, George? In business, you don't take any prisoners. But in your private life, you're an idiot. And I don't remember it, what I said. I don't remember if I replied. I really don't. Um, I, but I can picture myself in that car and the feeling I had at the time of, I can't even argue with you. What, what can I say? Because it was so true. I always say, when you tell people their faults, it's not news they know they know but the incentive Uh to do anything about it just wasn't there so my big thing has always been um i'm a rescuer i'm a carer and i think that comes from either subconsciously consciously always looking out for my mum and she didn't need it but i was like a bouncer when it came to anybody who was interested in her Uh and protecting her because i felt men came in and they let her down they leave but I, I wasn't an anti, I wasn't never a feminist or an anti-man type person. Love men, but okay. don't rely on anybody but yourself because it will come okay. back to haunt you. But underneath all that, I was waiting for Prince Charming. And apparently, this, um, what they call that daddy issues, which I didn't recommend <laughs> at the time. Oh, and my that, goodness. That, that's pretty, so it sort of manifested itself until I kind of worked it out over a long period i had to hit rock bottom basically lose a business and all of that just not had my eye on the ball because 
what my man at the time wanted always came first, even though it was to the detriment of first myself and then us as a family overall. Uh-huh. And that's pretty much what I had to <laughs> what I had to get out uh-huh. of the way of. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I I can relate. I'm, I bet a lot of people out there listening can relate to that too. Oh yeah. And when I I, I went into the financial side I mean that's a whole different story again but I went into the financial side really to be practical because when I lost my business I really wanted to I couldn't find anybody who could advise me accountants did one thing and then you had bookkeepers and lawyers and everybody was coming at you from a compliance point of view nobody really was holding your hand at what is quite a traumatic time and I was going through it when my kids were young my partner was struggling to um, find work and I had debts coming out of my ears in fairness mostly mine because I was the one that had put money into the business so luckily I didn't owe too many outsiders but even so I had this dream I'd left my job and I'm going to do this thing and it didn't materialize but it was also because I wasn't emotionally strong enough to to handle it and I crumpled and I remember lying in bed one day and physically just saying I, I can't play anymore I'm not playing I'm just going to lie in this bed. I'm done. I can't do it. I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. And that was my waiting for the Prince Charming thing. But the, the person I was with at the time couldn't fulfill that Prince Charming role, so I don't quite know what I was waiting for. And my, my mother, it was, came in, and I remember she sat at the foot of the bed, and the first thing she did, she said, well, here's a couple of grand. Make sure the mortgage is paid. So you're not worried about that. And then she told me a story of how when my dad died, and he'd left her with lots of debts, and the business, he'd sold one business and she thought she, he'd sold it because he couldn't run the two, but it turned out he was covering his tracks, he hadn't been paying tax, so he had to realise some money quite quickly. Uh-huh. And so she told me the story and then when he passed away and she saw what the aftermath was, because he thought he'd be around forever to take care of it all, and of course he wasn't, I think the stress of it killed him. And I also understood from very young that financial stress kills if you don't do something about it, it, it's not something, you know, we, we are embarrassed by it, but actually it's no different to if you're dealing with, it's not an illness, but the, the, the stress on the mind and the body and the emotional makeup is devastating to a lot of people, and especially to a man who had his pride, he was trying to take care of his family, and he had a stroke, and I'm convinced that all that pressure brought that to bear, and he basically left us we we had to sell up just to cover debts and my mother actually ended up going to court because there wasn't enough there to cover all the all what we owed and the judge took pity on her and said can you afford a pound a week and she said yes but it wasn't about the money it was just the devastation of being in that position in the first place and my, my mother had been a bit of a socialite the house the entertainment the parties changed furniture all the time and here she was in front of a judge trying to justify why she, you know, we as a family or as a business hadn't paid our, our taxes. So she told me that story and she looked at me and she said, I neither had the education, the resourcefulness or the energy that you have. Get up. And I just looked at her and she just said, get up. And I went, today? She said, oh, I'll give you tomorrow, but get up. And I never forgot it. I never forgot it because it was true. Because my mother was never that. She wasn't educated. She left school quite young. You know, we would fill in forms for her and do letters for her. But she ran businesses. She went back home to Jamaica and bought properties and so on. 
And here I was with my college education, feeling sorry for myself. And that was a big turning point for me to, to really get off your butt and take care of yourself. So whereas I talk about women and being financially independent, many of the women I work with or I talk to have been left by their man or the relationship has broken up and then they had never had to think about finances other than managing money to pay bills and here they are in trouble. Ironically, my situation wasn't that. I was the opposite. I had to become the man because I could make money quicker. But I didn't feel I had the energy, but I, I knew I could save the day. And plus, with my skill base, I just knew how to find money a lot quicker. My other half needed to find a job, but I could find customers, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. And, that, that, and, that's, and that's what I did. But still then, I hadn't addressed my people-pleasing. And my still, even with that, I'm the breadwinner. And I still, in that relationship was the person waiting to see what he wanted to do, even with all of that going on. But I couldn't see it at the time. And people say to me, but you took control. I crumpled, yet you were still trying to please a man. And I said, I know. <laughs> how, how, do you get, how do you get beyond that? So, and, yeah. and it hasn't changed so much. You know, we're in 2016, and I see so many women who are doing exactly the same thing, and they're not silly women at all. They are highly accomplished, educated, fantastic women. But they're either waiting for Prince Charming or they think they've found him or they actually don't think, they don't think that they're ever going to need to do anything for themselves. Not necessarily because they're waiting for, the, for Prince Charming. It's just the way it is. The man takes care of things. But they'd never admit it in public. But deep in their soul. <laughs> You know, if you ask them, oh, dear God, no, 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 I, I'm, I'm my own woman. I'm going to do this. And But they're waiting for that day when they don't have to. Or there's, there is a choice. And oh, I, I wouldn't lie. I'd love it. You know, Donald Trump, of all people. No. So don't worry, honey. It's, it's true. You know, there are so many women out there who, like you said, are very accomplished. Um, they've got a lot of um, accolades and um, goals under their belt. And yet, you know, they they have a different persona in their personal lives. And and I've experienced that personally as well. I, I know a lot of people who can relate um, to that kind of phenomenon of, you know, having <laughs> like the superwoman cape during the day and then, you, you know, <laughs> then the, the whole other, you know, side of us when we are in our personal lives. And it's, it's quite interesting. Um, but I, I think, I think you're right. I think there's kind of that, that waiting for Prince Charming, that, you know, someone who, who's going to rescue us. And I think that, um, and now that I'm just thinking about it, what you're saying is a lot of us who were raised to be the rescuer have that rescue fantasy as well. Um, that, you know, we're, yes. we have been that yes. person for someone else for so long. We've rushed in. We've cleaned up the messes. We've yes. made sure the neighbors don't talk or don't find out about yes. whatever's going on in the house, right? Yeah. <laughs> and but yes. we're like, well, when is it my turn? When can but, you oh my God. my mess? <laughs> oh, preach, my girl, preach. <laughs> yes. You have absolutely nailed it that's exactly what it is it is when is it my oh my gosh that's so close when is that my turn that's exactly what it is but i but we would never admit that because we are supposed to be modern women who can basically handle our own crap and it is it is the rescuer thing because i must admit even now i do i do it to myself and then i'm really annoyed because everyone lets me 
Mm. And I'm thinking, well, hold on a minute. But I, but I realize I keep creating the situation. Uh-huh. I almost rushed in today, say, to speak to you. And there was a small gap in between. And my head is thinking, oh, I, I got some, some meatballs. So I put that on. And I look at said, no. Let them find something for themselves. Nobody's got a disability. <laughs> What's wrong with you? So I came in, found myself a little something, got myself ready. <laughs> yeah. Put my, put my little comfy shoes on. And that was it. But my natural instinct is to come in and feed everyone. That mm-hmm. doesn't change, you know, that, that, that putting ourselves last. But then we do it so much that we become resentful mm-hmm. because we're tired and we're overwhelmed and we're fed up. And I'm actually not even looking for rescuing financially. There was something on Facebook a while ago and someone said, what's the one sentence that every woman would love a man to say? And we're like, well, what sentence is that? And it was, I've got this. And I ah, thought, holy cow, yeah. You know, just, and it's so true because in the last weekend, um, my, I mean, I got married more recently. Last weekend, my, we went out. And on the Saturday, as we were going out, the tyre on the car was a little bit flat. So my husband said, oh, the, 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 the tyre looks a bit flat. But we'll get, it'll get us where we're going to. And then he was home for a good few days. And I'm thinking, do the tyre. You're here. Do the tyre. What are you waiting for? <laughs> What, 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 what? Now, because that's who I am, I went out and I went and pumped up the tire uh-huh. because I'm just not the little woman. But I've pumped it up. Now I've pumped it up. I'm annoyed because I pumped it up. He didn't tell me to do it. I uh-huh. took it upon myself. But now I'm annoyed. You see how we how we set ourselves up? <laughs> so I thought, okay, it's true. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's you know, and that's that's the. Uh, um the mind reading thought process that we get into is, you know, we're thinking like, well, why isn't he doing that? Or why isn't she doing that? And um, then it, it's like we expect them to know what we're thinking. Yes. If we are yes. mad enough, if we're resentful enough, if we're, um, <laughs> you know, fed up enough, they should know because they know me, right? And yes. they just know what yes. I want and what I'm yes. thinking. <laughs> yes. I don't see a problem with that, do you? <laughs> but then you start, uh, talking, you start talking to yourself and you're doing the back and forth thing. Come on, George, sort your life out. So eventually <laughs> I came home, I came back in and I said, um, hun, that, um, that tire, could you have a look at it for me? And I did my best to keep my voice even because I realized mm-hmm. the annoyance was my annoyance because I'd set myself up to be annoyed. Mm-hmm. But if I didn't say anything, it was going to get worse. But I had to mm-hmm. do it in such a way where I wasn't being accusing. And he said, okay, yeah, cool. And then he came back and he said, do you know where the wheel, the wheel nuts are? No, hon, the last 10 times I changed a, th- change a tire, me. Really? <laughs> no. And in my head he's saying, can you just do something without involving me? I give it, and there's a sentence, I got this. Clearly you don't got this because you're now asking me where to find the key. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> and it was so bad at that point, I just said, babe, I don't care. I don't care. And he went, okay, fair enough. And then at that point, he did read my mind. That's when you just knew someone knows you. And he just mm-hmm. went and took care of it. And he came back and he said, it's done. And I went, thank you. <laughs> and I went, thank you. And I just realized all that, all that build up in emotions, you just do it, <laughs> just do it to yourself. You know, mm-hmm. speak up. But that's the legacy of all the years. Now, in the old days, I wouldn't even have done that. I would have just been resentful, resentful. I never would have said, could you do the tire? I never would have said anything. 
and I would have just mm-hmm. festered and festered and festered and festered. And it's not because I'm a bloody minded. It's because I was insecure, didn't feel I could not so I didn't feel I could. Speak. I knew I was supposed to speak up, but I would avoid it in case there was mm-hmm. conflict. Now I'm like, bring it on. <laughs> not bring it on. <laughs> I, I cannot wind uh. myself up. So I know my limitations in the little areas where I get annoyed. So I try and head myself off. So I had these, I had these back and forth conversations with myself, and I even said it to him. I said, "Remember the old days when he used to borrow? I used to have a big, we used to have our own car, separate cars, but he would borrow mine uh, rather than drive the big one, and he would bring it back, and there'd be no fuel. And I said, I used to want to drive to your workplace and wring your neck. I used to have visions of coming into your office and asking for your reception, and then walking in there and just giving you a slap and walk out. And he cracked up laughing, and I had to say to myself, girl. Pull yourself. Come on. I, I know he's wrong, but it's only fuel. He didn't kill right. anybody. <laughs> and I, and I mean, this is years ago, but I actually have to have, and that's when I realized, not just me, but how we, we tell ourselves stories in yeah. our head and we make it the other person's problem. And God help them if we're actually in the right. I mean, I was in the right about the fuel, but the reaction was so over the top compared to the transgression. It was just mad. And he, <laughs> just mad. We built it up in our mind. I guess it is exactly that's the phrase I was going to use is the stories we tell ourselves because what happens is we make the story, of, you know, well, he must not care about me or must not yeah. love me if yeah. he doesn't put fuel in the car. And <laughs> seriously, like, that's quite... Elite, isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, he's the worst. Per- I mean, there are men out there sleeping around with their best friends, you know, best friends' wives, and I'm upset because he didn't put right. a fuel back. <laughs> <laughs> you, know? you know, but I think as well, historically, because I was so much of the carer, as you quite rightly said, you overreact a bit because now you're thinking, when is it my turn? So every time. Uh-huh. You, you, your turn is so obvious. Well, he knows I, I work hard and I have to do everything else. At the least he could do, it becomes a, it becomes a big deal. And, and funnily enough, I also saw it manifest itself with me where I began to really put on weight. I mean, I've never been a slim, slim girl anyway. But I really got bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. And the, the name Financial Gym, because that's... Financial Gym came along afterwards. It wasn't the, the first business I was doing, the bookkeeping and accounts and, and so on. Came about because I realized I had to fix my money and fix my body because I, I did just mm. awful. It wasn't even that I was mm-hmm. big. You know, you can be big but look good. I didn't. I just looked, you know, you could tell the world from just looking at me what my world was like. And I figured I had to sort this out while sorting out my head. And the process to get fit again and to sort the money out was identical. It was uh-huh. exactly the same. Tracking stuff, deciding what the goal was, how much we're going to save this week, how much am I going to lose this week? What am I, you know, do we look at investments? Do I look at a new piece of gym equipment? It was exactly the same. Put in a routine. Don't overstretch yourself. Don't overdo it. All the same things. And I realized that somewhere in, I hadn't worked it out yet, there was some sort of formula to to use when I spoke to clients. Now, I didn't make uh-huh. any of that up at all, but I became obsessed with how I could take all these things that other people were teaching. So you've got one end of the scale where you're doing the rich dad, poor dad, 
which is all very conceptual as far as I'm concerned, because you know what to do, but you don't know how. Mm-hmm. And I wanted the hows, but not quite on that scale. Just basically, on a day-to-day level, how do you get your head above water? That was all it was. How do we make sure bills get paid? And then when you get that sorted out, how do you start putting something by? Then when you start putting something by, how do you start putting something by for a longer term? And what really came out of that were the conversations about money because we, my, the, my, my husband who I ended up with, um, even with him, we had completely different money perspectives uh-huh. and it was so stressful. So I am here teaching people about money and talking about money and holding people's hands and again, just like in my self-esteem, finances were crap but it wasn't a secret by that time because people know that I shut a business down and it became a selling point I know what you're going through and I survived it it took me four years to really climb out of that hole bit by bit by bit but it wasn't just a blind climbing out I put certain things in place and I just kept doing them I wish I kept doing them because it's like losing weight you do all the right things the minute you get to your goal weight you go back to eating cake because you're there now (laughs) I'm fine. I eat the cake because I understand. <laughs> oh my gosh! I can eat the cake now. I've done good. And if and and if I see it creeping back up, because of course we always see the weight creeping back up, don't we? I'll stop eating huh? cake. The problem is we stop eating cake just a little bit too late. Well, that's what happens with finances. <laughs> Hold on a minute. <laughs> you took me six years to get out of debt. I can use the card now because. I'm going to pay off every month and then you do for a first few months and then you pay off a little bit because the, 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 the balance is a bit bigger than you thought. Oh, I'll do it in two months this time. And before you know it, you're, you're halfway back to where you were, but you don't see it coming because it's just like putting on weight. It's gradual, right. it's slow, and it just catches up with you. And usually even then it takes an emergency. Something happens and you can't put your hand on ready cash and you probably haven't got much on the cards and business people do exactly the same thing as well it's if you follow people's money or follow where their money goes it tells you exactly what their priorities are so people who are in debt and get out of debt the odds are very strong they'll get back into it again and I didn't think I was a debtor the reason I didn't think I was a debtor was because I earned a lot of money all the time so what I earned always outran what I spent I, I never it wasn't the other way around ever until we hit crisis I was running the business, and my partner, it was like something out of a movie. You could, couldn't make it up. Like three jobs in a row. One company, um, he, he didn't get along with the, the the manager or something, so he left. The second one, they closed, and another one um, offered him the job, and then they changed policy so the job wasn't available. I mean, I've never seen such bad luck uh. in such a short space of time. And, and there I was, not feeling myself. And looking at my kids and thinking, you know, my ego says I want to be a business owner, but really I just got to bring some cash in and, and be done with it. But I didn't feel great. I didn't look great. And, and I've always been one of those pri- prided myself on my appearance because working in the city, it's the, your nails are done, your hair's done. You're walking into board meetings. You have to, you know, look the part, especially as a woman. It was a time when women did dress like men. You know, it was the working girl, the big padded shoulders and the... <laughs> Yeah. Striped suit. We did, you know, we did all of that, but I just didn't feel feel up to it. And then one day I just found myself kind of thinking, I'm 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 back. I I, I am back. And then when I looked over it, it was that I just systematically 
followed these processes for, for finances and for my health. And it's never really changed. And that's just been the, the message ever since. It's evolved now into talking to women. Then it was talking to business people who were in trouble. Um, and then they realized, well, they can't pay me. So now I need business people to avoid getting, <laughs> so to avoid being in trouble. <laughs> But the women folk, I mean, uh, my work is not, it's not just me doing it, but the work is cut out, just getting us to take that responsibility. And because there is no, well, you know, in business, there is never a time when you can say, I've arrived. It's done. <laughs> it, it, uh, and I, Wait, I learned it. listening to my conversation last night? <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's just never, it's not, is it? I want to make six uh-huh. figures and you make six figures and you, suddenly you have problems that make your hair fall out and you never saw it coming. So now you're working four times as long and and you're thinking, but this is what I dreamt about. Why is it not fun? Because I didn't know all of these things because a six-figure business is very different to a five-figure business and a seven-figure business will make your eyes run. So what the hell, (laughs) you know? But the relationships are the same. I've met the man of my dreams. No doubt, I bet you any money, George Clooney's wife, Screams like a banshee when it suits her. I bet George gets it in the neck. She's looking at him thinking, I'm married to George Clooney. For God's sake, stop putting your socks there. I'm sure. <laughs> the work is never done. <laughs> there's always it's something. It's true. Yeah, there's, there's always, always something. And I, I think yeah. it really boils down to what you said about, like, once we reach the goal, then we cake. I mean, I, I love that. I could just use that quote yeah. all day long because we like get cake. comfortable I love cake too. I, <laughs> I don't eat cake. cake anymore, but I love cake. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get on just fine. <laughs> I know, yes. <laughs> but it's true. Like we get to that goal, and then we think, "Oh, we can relax." And there's, no, there's nothing wrong with celebrating and relaxing. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like once you hit the next level, there's a whole other level of challenge of obstacle that's why I I kind of came to this early in my business where like when my life when my personal life is exploding around me that's when I know that it's time to up level my business (laughs) oh my god how weird is that yeah how how weird is that so do we need to be depressed to make money what is what is wrong with this scenario oh yeah my business saved my life I I cannot Mm -hmm. lie it saved my life because if I didn't have that to strive for, I, I don't know where I would have gone. Because mm-hmm. my friends are great, but I mean, not my friends now, but the friends I had then, or the, they're still friends now, but then they came from the employee world. They all looked at yeah. me like I was nuts. I work from home, so I'm watching, um, I'm, I'm watching Jerry Springer all day eating cake. So <laughs> what's the problem? <laughs> where, where do I go? But just by doing the business, you grab <laughs> to a you gravitate towards people who are like you. So I met people yeah. like you. So when I said something, they would go, oh, me too. And I'm like, where have you been all the time I needed you? Where have you? It, it was as if I found. It is so true. I, I remember oh. having a friend tell me, she's like, oh, I want to have my own business so that I can take time off as much as you do. And I'm like, I started oh. laughing. Oh. <laughs> Did you take away like, cake? what? <laughs> You can get your take back to cake. You don't deserve yeah. it. <laughs> not getting my cake, girl. How dare you? Uh, yeah. I'm like, go for it. Do it. You could do yeah. it. Oh. 
you know what? I so would want. See, this is the evil in me. My my husband started doing some online stuff, and he has no real understanding of the online world. He didn't, but he's very supportive and was always interested. But he got that sounds good, but couldn't picture what I was talking about. And he started to do something as a side hustle for a hobby. I mean, I didn't like the thing he was getting involved in, but I thought let him um, go do it. Everybody has their their different tribes and what interests them, and mm-hmm. so on. And he um. And he would say to me, oh, I need to start doing YouTube videos and I need to um, do, uh, what, else, what else was he trying to do? Um, oh, I've got to get my website up. And all the things when you start off doing things online that we just take for granted. I must admit, I didn't know any of them, but I immersed myself. I, I, you know, I, I followed Marie Folia around on the internet like a stalker. You know, all the obvious people, every, everywhere they were, there I was listening to their podcast, watching their... So when he, he started doing these things... I was quite glad because I thought you finally get it. Well, what made me laugh? I mean, he <laughs> said, well, what are YouTube videos? And I remember the mistake, I, the mistake I made when I started doing them. And when I started doing the podcast, you just want to dive in. And you would look at other people's and think, oh, I can't do it like that, but I can do it like this. But the reality isn't the technology so much. It's the planning and the keeping it up, just mm-hmm. motivating yourself. And then the biggest thing is, what do I talk about today? So I said, you know what? This is my advice. Just get a diary or a calendar and just say, I'm going to do one a week and just write down the topics because that's what will trip you up. And this uh-huh. is why people's channels and their podcasts disappear after a while because they run out of things to talk about or they can't keep momentum. So if you do that, that's half your battle. For about three weeks in a row, we would sit down. It used to be on a Monday because that was my better day. And I'd say, have you done it yet? Oh, I couldn't get to it because the website was... And, and I just laughed. And I thought, he's not even running a business, you know. He's just doing the back end. He's not juggling a business. He's just doing oh, the back I end know, stuff. I know, I know, I know what you're talking about. Yes. <laughs> and I thought, I actually have to service clients as well and do the stuff. And you still, and he went, do you know what, renewed respect on. No, totally respect. He just had no clue. And also he decided, he realized that he's, he's not relentless enough because I will sit here like I've come in today. Now, he would have said, no, um, what is it? It's nine o'clock here now. They're used to me saying I'm going to have a meeting with someone in the States and it's 10 o'clock at night. He would yeah. rearrange you. <laughs> he would yeah. just rearrange you. And I go, no, because if I get it done today, I can do two more tomorrow. Huh? <laughs> what? Are you mad? And he says, I don't have that thing. You don't give up. You don't stop. And I said, that's just it. But it was that not stopping that saved my life because it got me out of bed and it got me doing things. And when I'm nerding out, doing a, putting something in WordPress, I'm a happy as a clam. <laughs> it's just my, you know, just, I spent yeah. two Sundays trying to learn in audacity. Oh, my gosh. I was so happy. You know, you clap yourself. You do. It's like the little thing, you know. Yeah. It's as an entrepreneur, you can do whatever you want in your business. You can delegate everything to someone else or multiple people, or you can learn it yourself. I mean, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, that's great. But then that's the downside because you can do whatever you want, so you might not. <laughs> I know it is. There is we yeah. won't. We, we don't have time, unfortunately, to go through that. Oh. But yeah, there are sometimes because I love to do everything in my business. I love to do except that now that I am more focused on certain activities, um, I don't 
enjoy as much doing the other things because it takes time away. And yeah. so I'm being much more, you know, guarded with my time, and that's why I have a team to help me. Um, but I still, you know, do a lot more than I would really like to do, to be honest with you. But it's, mm. it's part, it's the process. It's the process of letting go. It's the process of, um, of delegating. I mean, there's so many things involved, but yeah, I, was, I totally relate to everything you're saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and actually, it's funny you say it because much as I'm a bit of a martyr in terms of my family, but then that's mothers and we all like that anyway. But I'm actually quite good at delegating business-wise. But like you, there's so many things I like doing. And you know, they, those people say in the, especially in the online space when they're talking about outsourcing or delegating, mm-hmm. you know, pick the things that you like doing. If you could pick, what would you, what would you like to do every day? And I go pretty much most of it. <laughs> apart yeah. in, the, in, in my bookkeeping business, not so much. I, I am yeah. over the transactional side. I really am. Luckily, the world has moved on. Now we have, um, you know, online banking and bank feeds and so on. So that's changed the landscape. And much as people in my profession are worried about it, I think it's the most wonderful thing ever because now I have more time to sit and actually talk to them and coach them. So I love that the software is kicking our butts and taking half of <laughs> our work away because they still people still need us. They just need us in a different way. You have to become more of an advisor than just someone who takes physical work off of them but in the online space doing the videos and the podcasting and and now when someone gives a bit of information I used to see it as something I would send an email out to my client base now I sit there thinking oh I could put that in the podcast (gasps) my god that would be a video and I'm just yes that's (laughs) weird exactly everything everything is a video or a podcast what's wrong with you oh my I I just yeah, I just launched a new membership site, and so I'm thinking in terms of how to repurpose content that I've been building for the last 15 years. Oh, yeah, and so, it's, yeah. yeah, so I and and also like coming into that whole like, well, if I'm going to do this, then I could stream it here, but then I can post the audio over here, and over then there, I can yeah. have it transcribed over here. <laughs> so it's like, oh, it's just so nice to to yeah. have that. Um, to have think that way now like I'm like oh my gosh I'm finally at a different level in my business where I can actually manage all of that instead of be completely overwhelmed by it <laughs> and how are you and how are you finding that with them because they always say membership sites are real I mean I'm not ready for that yet because my online experience is relatively new uh, you know I'm a bricks and mortar open an office and have staff behind the desk type business person but I've mm-hmm. recently moved a bit online but the one thing that I always look at and think to myself that looks like that's they say moving stuff online is meant to be easier, but I cannot see how that can be with a membership site. I think that's when you have to work because you have to keep these people engaged and topped up. Yeah, well, I'm already doing that, so I might as well. <laughs> you might. You know what I mean? It's like I'm yeah. already doing it, so I might as well direct it towards a business model that sure. is more focused. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I agree. I've been putting it off for a decade um, doing my membership site. No, yeah, and I'm finally like, oh, this is ridiculous because, like, I have so much good information yeah. already out there. And, yeah, so it just it just made total sense. And people, I've been doing a lot of surveys with my tribe and, you know, getting good feedback on what it is that they're wanting. And I'm like, oh, they're ready for my membership site. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and to be fair, with you, like you say, with your history, 
um, yeah, it, it makes sense. Because, yeah, it's just on your repurposing schedule. Yeah, why? who might just as well? Exactly. <laughs> Whereas where I'm coming from, it's all new. So it's like, where do yeah. I direct my efforts? Even though, they're, you know, you, 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 like you say, you have your community and, and so forth. But you have to think, well, what is it they really want from you? And mine's still a lot, quite a lot hands-on as well. But I'll get there. I'll catch up to you. I'll get there. You know, it's all about, we're all in our own journey, though. I mean, you know, I was um, diverted my attention. I was building a a really big online program, and then it just wasn't working. And so then when I started thinking about doing the membership site again, I said, this seems to make more sense, even though my own coach is, like, afraid for me because, you know, she says the same thing, like, it takes a lot of time and this and that. And I said, I just think that it'll take a ton of time up front, but I'm a planner. So I already have, like, months worth of content planned out. Okay. Um, so I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> You're one of those people that have, like, ten podcasts in the hopper. Yeah, well, yeah. So I've been running my podcast for a year and a half, and I'm actually going to be switching up the format at the new year. Um, and that way I can repurpose content easier um, across different platforms, too. So okay. it's going to be exciting. I love yeah. it. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh, look, I look forward to that. Yeah, no, I've changed mine. I do, yeah, and but and I do a lot of them on video now as well. So there's the yeah, YouTube video. Mm-hmm. There's there's the um like you say there, there's the the podcast. I I've stayed I've shied away from Facebook Live so far simply because I think I'm just having a you know the shiny news object syndrome. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it will be good to do, but I have my work cut out just doing between the online courses and the web and doing a, a you know um a podcast and trying to do youtube and stick them on link, 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 link. it is it's, it gets overwhelming yeah, like i had to pull back um i took a break from my newsletter for a while and um and, and just some other like i had a whole bunch of things in the hopper and then i was like wait a minute you know i was writing blog articles every week and then i was realizing that's not where i'm getting my traffic why don't i go where my traffic is coming from <laughs>
more about how they've learned to get out of their own damn way. Thanks so much for listening. Since you joined me today, I know you need my mini course, Four Steps to Get Out of Your Own Damn Way, the essential guide for women on a big-ass mission. It provides the no-nonsense basics that allow you to remove the obstacles keeping you from reaching your entrepreneurial greatness. I'm giving this to you now, no strings attached. Just go to creeland.com and click the button to get your copy. That's K-R-Y-L-Y-N.com. You've been listening to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast with Creelan Peters, the Fear Whisperer. Join us next time for more inspirational stories and leave a review on iTunes. You can also find us at creelan.com slash podcast. That's K-R-Y-L-Y-N dot com slash podcast. Thanks for tuning in.